Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind, being able to discern between good and evil. I played a game as a kid with my friends called Three Wishes. I'm sure you did a pretty similar thing. What would you wish for if you had three wishes? I remember sort of scoping it out in my mind and thinking, okay, let me get the most out of this, trying to think of the best way to be able to get one, two, and three and get the maximum for my buying power on my wishes. And then there was that one kid in the group that messed up the game. When he got to his third wish, he said, I wish for a thousand more wishes. And it just wrecks it all. What would you wish for if you could just wish for anything? Sort of if you could rub the lamp and a genie would come out and would take care of things for you. That image, of course, comes from an ancient Middle Eastern folk tale, Aladdin. We know it well. It's from the book of 1001 Nights, or the Arabian Nights, as it's also known. But it's a well-known folklore from that area, which would have produced Solomon and David. And, of course, it's a fantasy that maybe humans carry. A poor boy, Aladdin is brought by a sorcerer to a magic cave to go down and run the dangers to be able to find this lamp that has a genie. Well, of course, he, he does, and he makes it back home and doesn't give it to the sorcerer, and mom, shining it up to sell it, all of a sudden, out comes a genie. His life takes the turn because he wishes for a great castle. He wishes to be able to marry the sultan's daughter, but all of that takes twists and turns, and the sorcerer comes, and ultimately, with the help of some other little genies, he is able to magically and miraculously become the sultan and inhabit that castle. That is sort of a way of personifying that wish ability that we carry within us. I wish that I could make reality be a certain way, and it's certainly better than what I have now. Probably our predisposition is to say, if I only had more money or more power or better friends, all of a sudden my life would be much better. And that's where our story picks up. David has been buried. Solomon, his son, is now leading his people. And the way that this story unfolds is that the Lord comes to him in a dream and says, what do you wish for? What would you have me do for you? And of course, our human impulse is to take the easy way, to be able to find that path to riches and success. But that seed in Solomon says, no, I would have you give me wisdom 
insight and discernment. Because I don't possess these things, and it's what I truly need to be able to lead people. As the story unfolds, the Lord says, you have asked for the deeper and the wiser thing. Along with this, I will give you family, I will give you power, I will give you long life. It's not how it always works. But we see in this story the seed of what spirituality has become. What it is today in the Christian faith. Faith is the journey where we come to know the presence of God in our world and our life. And we grow in the depth of understanding this God present in the world and in our life throughout our life. It's a journey of faith where we grow in depth and maturity, not magically changing to become some super saint, not magically changing into anything, but we learn to grow over time as we learn to believe and trust that the presence of God in our life is sufficient so that we can navigate the storms of life. That's faith. It's, it's not a magical event. We don't rub our spiritual prayer book or our Bible and somehow we have innate understanding of the words of wisdom. We have to open them up to be able to understand them, to inwardly digest them as a prayer later in the summer we'll read. I love how the writer of Ephesians puts it. And maybe it kind of touches our ear as Episcopalians. Understand what the will of the Lord is, the writer writes. Do not get drunk with wine. And so all of a sudden we're like, oh, for that's debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord in your heart, and at all times and in everything give thanks to God. It's not just about having some college party and getting drunk. I think it's in our words that we would use today, is what are you trying to fill yourself up with? Maybe it is chemicals that numb the pain. Maybe it is chemicals that stop the voices in the head. Maybe it is a substance that we have become dependent upon. All of those are shadows. They do not have the substance that faith has. And the writer of Ephesians is trying to tell us, as we grow deeper into our faith, as we fill ourselves with scripture and song, as we fill ourselves with the words of our liturgy and in the breaking of bread and of sharing a communion of the faith, we grow into the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the last verse of our psalm that we chanted together, it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear, the respect of the Lord in our life. 
as we continue to work our way through John 6. We have one more week where we'll talk about John chapter 6. But what I see in that, in this week's context, is Jesus saying to those who surround him, speaking about, as we've come to know, this fellowship of thanksgiving, this Eucharist, this sharing of the body and the blood. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, Jesus says, abides in me and I abide in them. It's about the ongoing presence of God practiced in our life through the sacramental life of understanding that God is work in this world and in me. And when I consume that reality, as a human being consumes the nutrition found in food, as I bring that into my soul, I'm filled with strength and wisdom that carries me through the storms of life. It gives us a life that is full and free. It's what everlasting life is about. The life that we discover that's not dependent on those things we fill our soul with that are other than God. When we come to fill ourselves with the substance of our faith, seeking that wisdom as Solomon sought after it, as the highest value in his life, we see then the fullness of God abiding in our life. And we see that all we do, in both the good times and in the difficult times, that we're doing all of that as we abide in the presence of Christ. It's what faith is about. It's what we do each week. It's why we say the words of the Nicene Creed each week, to fill ourselves with the understanding of the wisdom of the church. It's why we say the confession each week, because we understand that we're broken in ourselves. we need the help and the forgiveness of God, and it's what we do each week as we break the bread, we share in the presence of Christ in our community, and in that fullness of Christ abiding in us, and then we go into the world to love and serve God with all of our gifts and abilities. I love how these readings work together. That faith is not rubbing some lamp and magically deepening us, but rather it's an ongoing invitation to the words, to the insights, to the depth of our faith, and then that depth of our faith is the wisdom that we build our life upon that stands up to pandemics and storms. Amen.